What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Aubrey Shine, back with another episode of the Shake Up Podcast. And today is like every other time. We've got friends that got brands, and we're going to promote our friends with brands. And we're going to be talking single moms making it happen. So I want to make sure that my guests get a proper introduction. So they're going to introduce themselves. And we're going to start with Miss Sarah. Hello, Miss Sarah. Hello. I am Sarah Frazier, um, former child welfare social worker, gone uh, account executive for advertising for the radio station here in town. That's about all I got. All right. I am Jennifer Brown. I am the new empowerment director here in Tulsa for the PWIN, which is the Phenomenal Woman Empowerment Network. Um, I have a background in um, retail, well over 25 years, and I am working on my um, business, online business, Naturally Versatile. All right, Miss Lady. All right now. Uh, and I am Lisa J, the owner of Style by Lisa J. So I am a fashion stylist, a fashion designer, creative director, anything in the creative world. Um, that's me. All right, so that sounds awesome sauce. Okay, so we got these beautiful moms, and if you did not check out our live on the Aubrey Shine page on Facebook, make sure you go check it out so you can actually put names and faces together. Um, but we got these beautiful moms. How many children do we have amongst all of us? <laughs> I have four, so. Lisa J has four. I have one. Miss. Jennifer has one, and Sarah, you got interesting situations. I have <laughs> two, um, but I also am raising three of my siblings' children, so I have three boys and two girls. Woo! I, I'm gonna start with you. Oh, oh. How does that work in your house? Because well, I know what you do day it's, to day. Uh, so. It's kind of like saddling a cat you just kind of do what you gotta do <laughs> do what you gotta do and what you can right okay. um, <laughs> saddling a cat that's a new one it's, i've never heard that before it's impossible you're constantly putting out fires refereeing stupid fights um, a lot of school yourself, functions like, and things yes if it wasn't for my mom god bless her i don't know how to do it well, you're doing it. <laughs> I may end up in a straight jacket before it's all done, but I'm going to get these kids raised. I've raised and graduated. <laughs> Without babies. Without babies. Without Yay. Yes. Okay, Miss Lisa J. So you're in the, you're running, but you're like, you have four babies. I have four. All yes. of your own. All of mine. Okay. Yes. So how does that work in your house? Oh my gosh, uh, day to day, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, every second. <laughs> um, I, I feel like some days I'm just floating, you know, like the old Spike Lee movie. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. That's the one where he had the paper, right, the paper bag. And just, okay, yeah, no. So you gotta I, have those minutes where you yes. sit back and be like, don't talk to me. <laughs> Breathe in, breathe out, breathe no. in, breathe out. I thought I understood. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Miss Jennifer, now me and you both share just one. We have one child. And we both have boys. Yes. How do we get so lucky? <laughs> the Lord knew. Yes. That's what I say all the time. Everybody goes, you didn't want a little girl first? First. First of all, let's start with what you just said. Like, the Lord knew one. My mama had one. I 
got one, we done. Okay? <laughs> so, first of all, it's not what you want first. It is the Lord knew I couldn't handle another me. <laughs> I don't know how my mama handles another her. So, <laughs> I can't handle, you know, to the fourth power. Because it was my nana first. <laughs> so, no. Wow. I couldn't do it. So, how is it for you? Um, For me, it's pretty calm. Um, he seems like a calm child. He is here with us, we, by the way. We have a pretty good routine, but there are those mornings where, you know, he acts like a little old man. Like, you know, why do I have to brush my teeth? Why do I have to put on clothes? And I'm just like, boy, you got to do it. Just so, get up. But <laughs> See, I don't have that issue. Yeah. I have the bedtime issue. Oh yeah. See the fifteen <laughs> different conversations at bedtime. It's, it's it's the fifteen different conversations. We normally normally he can pretty much do his own thing. I don't really say anything, especially like weekends. I don't really say too much to him. But it's that eight thirty. Like you're pushing it, man. Like it's it's nine o'clock. Okay, we might have had something we had to do, but that doesn't mean. Like, that's why I stopped at Taco Bell and grabbed you something quick. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean you get to stay up and figure out what I'm about to do next. That's A. B, you know, our mornings are kind of like, he just kind of gets it. <clears throat> but it's slow motion. Yes. Like, it's he does everything he's supposed to do. It's just real robotic. And it's like the one that needs a little WD-40. <laughs> like what is going on? For but sure of adrenaline. Right, but then Saturday morning comes. Oh yeah. Oh, right and early. Yes. You know, I'm like, wait, six thirty? Whoa, whoa, what what are we doing here? Why can I hear like, your TV clear into my bed? Like, I don't understand. You know, like why aren't you sleeping? You didn't go to bed till three? Mm-hmm. I tried to stay up and kick it with you and you be I'll beat me. Like I can't. Okay. So <laughs> We got a little bit of you guys' background, and you got to hear me um, talk about my little bit. So, we wanna, I want to ask this question. It has been pressing on my mind. And on my last podcast, I had um, two other people that had children and one person didn't. Um, and they kind of gave their take on the R. Kelly case. <clears throat> Because that is the thing right now. So we've got to talk about it. It's the thing. Um, but it was from a different angle. I mean, mostly, you know, one of them had two daughters. So it was from the angle of, that ain't my kid. You know, you know, the Hellraiser. Um, shout out to Brianna Graham for that. <laughs> um, yeah, just going to throw it out there. Um, but as single moms, because all of those girls have, well, the two girls he has now, they have really solid parents. Mm-hmm. It seems that way. They, you know, two parent home, things like that. So, I just, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is, I, from looking at it from a single parent standpoint, is like, gosh, if it was that easy, and you had a father in the house, you had a mom in the house, they gave you grounded rules and all that stuff, foundation. How easy would it be for a single mom to be going through the same thing? Why don't you go there with R. Kelly? Because I got so many twisted opinions. I mean, I have several twisted opinions. So it's okay. From even going back to like biblical days, okay? Mm -hmm. Back when you had Mary and Joseph, I mean, the expected, and this is throwing throwing it way off, but the expected age, I mean, life expectancy was what, 30? Mm -hmm. Maybe, Mm -hmm. if you're lucky. Yeah. Biologically, and I'm talking about R. Kelly's attraction to 
or little girls. Right. When they're teenagers. I don't hopefully you didn't go any younger than that that we know of, right? I haven't really kept up with it. But um part of me wonders how much is not like biologic. And I know that probably sounds twisted. No, I can actually get that. <clears throat> Let me tell you why. Biologically, when we began to have periods, that means we're ready. Seems physically to have babies, right? right? And he right. definitely made the song. Okay. He did. <laughs> I mean, I can't say Kelly. I can't. <clears throat> it's hard for me to like get. Yeah, you just look like you're about to die over here. You have to be like because I struggle with it because like I, I struggle with wondering like how much of that is not embedded into men's DNA. Mm -hmm. I mean, just because our life expectancy is 80, 90, whatever now, doesn't mean that it changed. The it evolution. changed. I mean, right. when they start getting breasts and periods and hips, like this is true, and they're getting them as young as nine, so man. or younger, so. And that, and that is not to say. Let me let me make it clear. That is not to say that I agree with what has happened or right. No, no, no. Is, is what the accusations are, but you're just taking it to a science level. Well, yeah, and even theory. I don't know what you want to call it, but. You can't tell me that those girls, A, didn't know what they were doing at 15, 16 years old. Of course, they're not there. They're not old enough to make those kind of decisions. But sometimes I wonder if those parents weren't in there for like a million dollar grandbaby. Oh, Sir Kelly. Well, that's when he had a million dollars. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back then, how long ago were these? Long well, some of this is right now that they're arguing because the girls were... Uh, 17 when they met him mm -hmm. and now they're 22 23 so one of them is 21 one of them is 23 17? I mean what were you 17 um when I was 17 I was dating a 17 year old <laughs> but right. but I'm, I I can agree you know your attraction can be there I'm mm -hmm. not saying from a male's perspective from my own as a kid right. there was this dude I will not put his name out <laughs> but there was this older guy that used to ride a motorcycle in my neighborhood. My whole family knew this man. I, for one, I used to think he was my cousin for a long time. I thought he was my cousin. So I never looked at him like that. But then when I realized he was not my cousin, he just hung around my family. I, he was a good, I know he had to be a good 30. And I was like, oh, you look like Ken. <laughs> and I want some. At 10, you know, like 10 or years old. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Fine, candy on a cross rocket. But I didn't like boys my age at that point. Right. And then when I, you know, like I never tried nothing. He never tried nothing. But then, like I think I was mm, eighteen the next time I saw him. And I think, and it wasn't that big of a gap. I mean, I had seen him up until I was like thirteen or fourteen, and then I didn't see him for a while. Then I seen him when I was like eighteen or nineteen. And him and my cousin, who me and my cousin are the same age. She just turned 30 this year. I turned 30 in May. Mm -hmm. They started dating. They was dating and everybody was okay with it. And she I'm was 18. Like, I'm like, no, she, she was dating him when she was like 16, 17. Because she had her first baby with somebody else early on. And so it was like, I was like, oh, this is a thing. And nobody's saying nothing. We went to a family funeral and everything. And it was like, how much older was he though? Um, okay, so I may have jumped a gun. He probably went there. So he was always like 20 something when I was looking at him. So, right. he, but I mean, he was a good, he was up there. He was five or six years. years. No, it was way more. It was double digits in there. I think that stuff happens a lot more often than we want to admit. Um, 
like a lot more often as far as like us acknowledging it and saying mm-hmm. like it's a reality because for us to even be sitting here having this conversation what triggered this conversation was R. Kelly and R. Kelly being in the public but if you think about even like the fashion industry a 40 year old woman walking down the runway is going to be um, something that's less sought out for than a, a 10, something. a 20, a 15, a 16 year old. We mm-hmm. glorify younger looking women mm-hmm. and we glorify reversing age. So when a man is looking at a woman for younger look, you know, to mm-hmm. look come across younger, then what are we really doing? We're saying that a younger woman okay. is more beautiful. So, <laughs> like, it's the psychology behind it that I think is a little bit what's sold in society is sicker than what okay. is reality of well, let's talk about R. Kelly. No, let's talk about what the world is teaching the kids. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about your uncle or your neighbor's exactly. dad. Because, yeah. I mean, I did child welfare for almost four years. And studies show that 90 to 95% of all cases involving sexual abuse are right. at the and hands family. of somebody who is close to the family. Yeah. That's true. So, and they're usually a best kept secret. Yeah. And, that, and I think that the numbers are completely skewed. I mean, the people that have actually talked versus the people that have kept silent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally off. I mean, I bet... Right off the top of our heads, all of us can think of five people who have had some kind of violation at an age that should not have happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And never talked about it. My grandmother, she had my father when <coughs> she was 12. <coughs> and mm-hmm. her, my grandfather was way, he was nowhere close to 12. He was an adult. Yep. And so, wow. and back then it was a little bit more acceptable. Like you send the girl off while she's pregnant mm-hmm. um, to be somewhere. And then the guy has more kids. And it's like, we just make it more comfortable right. and acceptable. <coughs> well, one thing you said it was about the age thing and what the media and society says. I saw something that was real interesting. Um, it, it kind of was sickening, but when you said that, it triggered that thought. I saw on Facebook they're having like an exotic shoot, and it's children. What? So when I looked at it, because I wanted to be objective before I went in, because I was going in at first <laughs> in my mind. Because the little girl has like, like the little, the exotic you know, her stomach was out and everything, but she's not developed or anything, but. It just was the idea of it. But they were speaking about the scenery because it was like a garden type of look, right? But I'm thinking, okay, if I was a 30, 40 some year old man that was in that perverted mind state, exotic to me sound like freak. <laughs> but not even a 30 year old perverted man in that mind frame, your, your mind instantly went to where? Well, yeah, freak. So if you as a normal, non-perverted male of 30 went right. to, oh my God, exotic children. Ding. Imagine what that is to somebody that... You know, and it was on Facebook something. too. And I, I should have I should have screenshotted it and kept it and tried to figure out where it was coming from. But I, I was so like taken aback. I think I threw the phone. Yeah. I was, that's probably how I broke my nail yesterday. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it just... It just triggered, and the only reason I'm bringing R. Kelly up, and I, I want to make this very plain, um, it's not to normal. It, it, yes, it is to normalize the conversation, but not to glorify right. the situation. Um, because I feel like we we all knew, we've mm-hmm. all known, 
We've known since yeah. Abilia stuff. I knew that, and I'm way younger than you know most people All that listen. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna say most people that listen to his music <laughs> yeah. early on. That's what I was gonna say. Like in <laughs> kindergarten when we were listening to our I definitely was in kindergarten. I was actually like in pre-K because he came out in like ninety. Came out like ninety, right? And then Aaliyah came out in like ninety-four. So you know, yeah. So I was, I was pretty much. Not supposed to be listening to that music, but that was what was out at the time. It wasn't my fault. Blame my parents. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's your fault, mom. So move forward. Let's move forward a little bit. So my forgets. Um, how do you guys? I, well, I'll say this. I feel like I couldn't. I don't know if I want to bring another child into the world. And, and you guys with the, the plus kids, y'all probably ain't gonna wanna have no kids anyway. But let's just pretend, let's just pretend you didn't have any children at this moment, right? You didn't have kids, go back to that time. But we're in today's time. I feel like the way society is moving, government-wise, police brutality stuff, I just will feel really uncomfortable bringing another kid into the world. Although I would love kids. I love kids. I think I could adopt somebody's child, but they got to go back. Um, <laughs> got to go back at some point. But, um, you know, in all seriousness, how do you guys feel with, you know, just the turn of events in our society? Whether you want to look at the Terrence Crutchers and the Betty Shelby's or you want to look at the higher up where we have so much crap going on in our government. We don't know when it's going to shut down again and the wall and money and pride and all this other stuff how do you guys feel about that i think i you know i I can't have any more kids but um i will be opening to open to adopting uh, another child and raising that child i look at it like you know if god has blessed me to have a child he's going to bless me to cover that child Mm -hmm. so every day you know even with everything that's going on i i haven't had that conversation the in-depth conversation about the police brutality with my eight-year-old yet i still don't know how to word it in a sense to where he doesn't have fear in his heart and in his mind when it comes to police he sees it he knows it but i just pray every day and say lord you know, give me the words to say. Help me to cover my child every day with whatever, you know, situation that may happen because he's being exposed to so many things mm. that we we didn't we weren't exposed to. Right. And 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 in my quiet time I sit and I wonder, I'm like, Lord, you know, you know, please don't let me be the one to experience my child's life being cut short mm-hmm. because of someone else's stupidity. Yeah. Please don't let my child get caught up in, you know, what society <clears throat> says is okay. That's not okay, you know, right. in my household. So I just, I, I, you know, when they talk about the praying grandmothers and the praying parents, I'm one of those parents where I'm saying, Lord, cover me, cover my child because this world is, it is crazy. Yes. But if I had the opportunity to raise another child, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat because I feel like that's a gift. That's a gift from God. And, you know, this world, it's, it's, it, it seems that it's getting worse, but nothing's really new. Right. You know, yeah, I, I don't think that is. Or is it like there's just more? I think it's the camera phones and yes, it's, yes. it's more exclusive. Mm-hmm. Everything is like bam, bam in your Every, face. Yeah. It's social media, and, and now it seems like 
and this is just my opinion, but it seems like the news, um, no matter whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC, it seems like they're getting petty mm -hmm. with the commentating. Like, you know, they have, you know, the ones that try to be funny and use the slang words, like, uh, what was it, Toronto's local news. Um, they use yes and okay and a and all that stuff. Given the weather, like these kids are not looking at that, <laughs> like they're not watching the weather, you know. Like they, if anything, they're looking at it on their iPad or something or their phone. Like they're not watching the weather, but they were trying to be cute about it, and that that's a funny take on it. But then you have the ones that you know, because our current president he says fake news all the time, and then you know they throw out fake news, blah 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 blah, and it's just like don't don't kid around with the news. Like, especially when it's a serious matter. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just some stuff I think we have gotten desensitized to. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, you know, somebody, Nipsey Hussle. We all know he passed away. Um, L.A. rapper. He was the bomb. Um, community activist, all that stuff. It was just so normal for people to whip out their phones while he's you know, losing his life right. in front of his business. Mm -hmm. Instead of somebody jumping in, in and trying to stop it because the guy stood over him, according to, you know, first responders and everything, uh, or eyewitnesses, excuse me. They said he stood over him and shot him. And nobody so, had a camera? Like, I, no, they honest, did. That's the thing. They had cameras out. Once I started doing child welfare, I stopped watching the news because I was I was subjected to so much secondary trauma just in my job mm -hmm. that I wouldn't allow the stuff to come into my house. So really anything that I hear of is just going through yeah. Facebook. So I really right. haven't kept up with it because there is so much wrong with what's going on even in our own communities that like I'm not even worried about what's going on in Chicago or North. like I'm trying to worry about what's going on in my own community yes and in the town because I'm not from Tulsa I, I commute here every day and just what's what's going on here and you know behind the scenes I'm down you know trying to do stuff with Jennifer and what she's involved in and just trying to bring people together mm-hmm and everybody's just so against each other. It just drives me crazy. I completely agree with that. Um, we were just like talking about that um, over at Bobby Eaton. And it's just like everybody feels like they have to be the top dog. Like if you notice um, a lot of our churches, it's like a church on every corner. Mm -hmm. but, and, and you might have like 10 people in your whole congregation. Right. Why not you pastors come together, start a church... You know, non-denominational, non or if it's all Baptist and all you Baptist preachers get together, start one church, bring all your members together. You have the person <clears throat> that can pack out them seats every Sunday, and you have your associate pastors, right. and and do it that way, and and then you can build from that instead of oh, we all got to be in competition. Right? It's, it's a lot of things I think lack because of communication in a sense of. Um, Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, kind of mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the minute that we can look at ourselves and tell ourselves the truth and accept it, um, I think then that's when our community can grow and mm -hmm. can accept uh, Aubrey Shine for what you're doing and not try to compete with you. Like me, meet you where I am and say, This is what I can offer you instead of trying to one up you. Mm -hmm. Or saying, Jennifer, I see everything that you have going on. How can I assist you? 
when I look in the mirror, I have to be okay with Lisa J. I have to say, okay, yes. Lisa J, you got a problem with here, you got a problem with here, but you bomb right here. So let's focus on this and let's work on this. And until I can do that, I am going to figure everything else is going to be negative for me. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to realize that. And now that I have four children and I literally have all of my kids are going through all the stages there is of kidism. Kidism, <laughs> kidism, kidism is real. Is, kidism is. is not a word, but it's real in my house. I have... 15 year old a 13 year old um a three-year-old and a five-year-old so i have one i just got potty trained (laughs) but i'm also i'm chasing one trying to get him potty trained i have a daughter that's dealing with an illness and then my 15 year old he's a 15 year old he wants to date girls he wants to go to prom he wants to drive a car and i have to have conversations like i literally had a conversation with him about being independent I had a conversation with him about dating girls. I have a conversation with him about driving cars, not being too black, um, not being not not too black. Like, conversation with mm-hmm. him about how to respect women. I have a conversation with my daughter about being confident about her illness, about walking with pride, being a lady. I'm talking to my five-year-old about, you know, how you act in school. And so, <laughs> so it's all over the place. But, it's, but as soon as we as a community realize that it starts from home mm-hmm. and when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say okay I can work on me so I can work on my family so I can work on my kids so I can work on my business so I can work on my friendship so I can work on being a better daughter a better you know what I'm saying you know what girl you done said a mouthful uh, over there <laughs> guys I, I love that though I love that you can say okay these are the things I need to work on. This is what I'm buying, man. Let me let me really push this and work on this in the background. Don't nobody else need to know that I need to right. work on that. But let me do this so I can make sure I'm a whole person. And then all those conversations you're having with your kids, I think is amazing. The one I want to touch on that you brought up was um, your son. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, you know, don't be too black, but don't not be black enough. Right. You know, like, don't, how, do you have, how does that work? Because I have a nine-year-old and he's very fair skin like you are. And so he's like... I mean, I'm not black, but I'm not brown. Right. But I'm not white. Right. So what? And I'm just like, you're human. Exactly. You're human. Hue means what? Color. You did it right now. Hue is color. That's, mm-hmm. We're all people, and we're all different hues. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had a woman in a laundry mat drop, break it down to me when mm-hmm. I was black one. I'm very, very Caucasian, so y'all can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Sarah, the Caucasian lady. <laughs> to get in conversations about this because I feel like it's something that's always on my heart to open up that conversation because I feel like Jennifer and I can have a conversation about race, religion, and neither one of us is going to get upset about the other because we can openly communicate. And and I'm raising what society will always consider as black children. Mm -hmm. And I have had to have those conversations with my babies about, you know, you have to be careful when you're in different towns and and police and, and racial profiling mm-hmm. that like it's kind of odd for me to have to have those it conversations is. but like my children are very they don't look like me right i was an incubator right <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> you held on tight <laughs> they got my brilliant personality in my brain that's all that matters um but i mean it's just i don't i don't know it's real it, it is it's so like that whole conversation Seriously, if I dealt with that for a really long time, I was very emotional behind Terrence Crutcher about um, Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. because I was emotional 
with Barack Obama, like all of that, uh-huh. I was like, these people look like my son and I have to raise him myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I have to find the right words and I have to hold myself accountable to the words and what I teach him. And so I did the short film called 16 mm-hmm. where the kids was just walking down his grandmother. Um, I wrote it to where the script was the kid went to the store for his grandmother on his way there there was a police officer that stopped him ended up killing him and so the grief that the family dealt with and that was because the conversations i find myself having with my son i'm angry about Mm. and it's unfair that i have to tell my son yes you can go to a football game but smile and when I say smile, I need you to overly smile so those security guards won't think that you're a threat. So the security guards won't harass you. So if there's a fight that breaks out, they won't automatically look at you as the one that's being threatening. And I'm mad at I'm mad at the fact that I have to figure out how to say that to a 15-year-old where he's like, Mom, you going crazy. Like, why would a security guard? Because that's what they think. Like, mm-hmm. you tripping. You tripping, Mom. People ain't out here like that. Right. <laughs> See, for me, I think... It kind of, I kind of got the short end of the stick with that one. Cause like my, my son's father is very active in his life, day to day, every day. Like coaches his baseball team, all that stuff. We didn't work out, but yeah, right. he's good he's as still dad. A dad. He's a great dad. Um, and I would never, ever, ever speak against that. He's a great dad. Um, but you know, my son is split between the two of us. So when he's over there, I don't, you know, it's they house, they groove, whatever. And when he come with me, he know, tighten up, let's do mm-hmm. this. But he was in pre-K, and I had to have the conversation mm-hmm. because it started with a bully, and um, the, the child. I don't know exactly. I don't really think it was a color thing. I think it was more like was you look family. different than me <laughs> type of thing. Right. Like don't touch my toys <clears throat> and not sharing. And then my son was all upset about it, and I was like, no, you. Man up. Like, we gonna go back in that class and snatch that kid up if he touch you again. And, um, I gave the wrong advice because he really snatched that kid up. Long story short, I gave him the ATM room. You ask a person to leave you alone, you tell them to leave you alone, you make them leave you alone. Well, he got to the M real quick. I don't know what happened in between, but he made them leave him alone. And apparently, watching wrestling with your kids is not a good idea. Um, after you've given that kind of advice. But, you know, from that, um, he had seen the news. And I tried my hardest not to watch news in front of him. I even now, like, we don't don't even do the cable thing. We do Hulu, YouTube, and Netflix. It's so much cheaper. Thank you, Lord. Um, And so, he saw the news. I'm I'm assuming either his dad's or grandparents or something. And he was afraid to go outside. Because I said, come on, Jay, we can go, we can go run in the field. Um, we used to live by a field. And I said, come on, let's go get a ball. And we'll go out there. It's the neighborhood kids out here. You can go play. And I'll sit on the porch and watch you. No, ma'am. I'm okay. He's four at the time. And I said, no, ma'am. It is warm outside. <laughs> like, why we got to be in the house? And he was like, if we go outside, the police are going to shoot me. They're going to kill me. And I was like, wait, what? 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 I was like, where did you see that at? That ain't happened on Law and Order SPU. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all that I was watching at the time. So I'm like, what were you talking about? So I had to sit down with him and explain, you know, all police officers aren't bad. And, you know, go through that whole thing. And so I totally understand where you're coming from. Because I'm like, 
Now I gotta start having the conversation of I know I told you all police officers aren't bad, but now we gotta talk about how you can be safe at all times mm-hmm. because even when you feel like you're safe, you're not always safe because you look this way. And I think he thinks I'm crazy because we go to like to Walmart and things like that. And I snatch his hood off his head. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I never realized I was doing it until one day he just stopped me one day and was like, Mom, why do you do that every time we walk outside? And I'm just like, because you're black. <laughs> and he had, he literally loves, he loves Skittles. Mm-hmm. And so my first thought is you got a black hoodie on. You a little black boy. You walking out of Walmart with Skittles and your drink in your hand. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to have it out the bag and that's fine or whatever. But you got this hood on your head. What is this other person thinking about you? Right. You know, right. and especially with what the media is perpetuated. Right. We're talking about Trayvon, right? Yes. Like they're just going to store. And it's just like and it's like wait, wait, wait. And we know, I'm like, oh, you're getting them double skittles. Oh, you got this black hoodie on. Can we just not have the hood on? I need you to brush your hair <laughs> right. when you walk out the house. Like, <laughs> you knew we was coming to the store. Brush your hair. Get right. you know. So I, I understand where you're coming from. Like you get mad to have those conversations because trust me, I'm like, you nine. Yeah. You know, in ten years, you're gonna be on your own because you know, eighteen, graduate nineteen, you out, you know, like you're gonna you know, I can't go with you everywhere. Right. I want to. Like if he decided going to college in Florida, we pack it up, let's go. We in state tuition. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I can't go on the college campus with you. I can't go on your first date. No, you might be a hot mom. You know, <laughs> my, mama, my mama is almost yeah, fifty and she fine. I'm just saying, my mama's almost fifty and she the fine. I'm gonna show y'all some pictures. You gonna be like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, see your mama. She bad. Yeah, she's a bad. She just had her birthday too, so she yeah, she 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 she, she with it. So if I get any of that, if I get half of what she got going on. If I get half a curve, I'm gonna be like, uh, half a curve. You should be pumaing it out. <laughs> Y'all ain't listen. Y'all just gonna be seeing me like like this eh, or like this. Eh. Yeah, that was me with my tongue out like crazy, y'all. But no, so I totally, I totally get that conversation and how um, I don't, I don't know if it's more so anger or fear, but it kind of comes together, and together. in one thing, and and it's like so for me growing up as a kid up until about eighth grade, I lived in Malvern, Arkansas. It's very black and white period like we didn't really have too much and nothing else we had like native american but they was kind of clumped in so it was like that's all you had and all my life that's all i knew but i also knew i lived on one side of the tracks they didn't live on mm-hmm. and i had a cousin that just so happened to live on that side of the tracks and they was the first black family on that block they still live in their house paid for all that good stuff and it's and they they've seen families come go black white other they seen them come and go and they lived on school street as i just thought that was so awesome because they lived on school street the high school was up the road junior high was up the road we could walk to school and when i moved to little rock it was culture shock it was all black people in my school and they was bad like I'm telling you, like, if you listening, Jay, for M- Mabelville Middle School, y'all was terrible. <laughs> Tell the teachers what you ain't going to do, what you bet not say. And I, I was shocked and appalled. I was like, I want to go back home. Oh, my God, the white kids that talk like this in class. <laughs> <laughs> and the black kids knew better because their parents would come to the school and beat them. Um, but 
I just, you know, yeah, because we they had paddling and all that stuff then, and you get paddled at school, you get paddled mm-hmm. at the house, you get paddled on the way up the block, because mm-hmm. everybody know about it. You know, it's a little small town, everybody know about it. You get in trouble down the street, by the time you get home, the belt is waiting on you. Mm-hmm. You go get a switch or whatever. So, it just depends on what, what mood they were in. Like, if they want you to suffer a little bit more, you got to walk back out in the heat to go get it. You better not tie them together, neither. Yeah, all that stuff. So, I just remember, you know, never, I never had that. Like, I didn't feel like I did. I played softball, and one time I felt it was I, I got picked for all-star team it was all white team I was the only I was the first pick me and my cousin were always our first picks and it was always so hard because we never played against each other so the first the very first time and then we was the time after that in a different sport but the first, very first time it was all-star team she got picked to the team that was kind of mixed up all the kids together I got picked to the white team for the only reason of I was a good shortstop and I called all our plays. So I was the team captain. I couldn't practice with this team. Couldn't practice with this team because it made my parents look, uh, it was a term, it's like a, a, a slur, but I can't think of what it's called. Uh, but basically, this, the coaches were very redneck. The kids were redneck. Most of them lived like in Poen, which is a red, <coughs> redneck town. But we all played in the same district and um so all those players were their mother and father's children right. pretty much so i could not practice with them they practiced a week and i never went to practice they made you they wouldn't let you attend. well it was you could go to practice but my parents would look away <laughs> they would you know they would get talked about mm-hmm. they got talked about anyway because you don't let her play for a racist team. You don't let her, you know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. That was the one time I got, well, second time I got it. But the, one of the first that I can remember was that. And then when I showed up to the game, I started. Mm-hmm. And nobody could understand how that happened. I didn't understand how it happened. I just wanted to play and get my trophy, which I did. Mm-hmm. Hello, most valuable player. Right. <laughs> most valuable player with no practice. I was definitely Allen Iverson back then. <laughs> <laughs> practice? talking about practice <laughs> yeah but we we smoked them mm-hmm. shout out to keisha because i smoked you <laughs> we smoked them we got the, you know we got all the awards for it it was great but it was like the most bittersweet win i've ever had in life like my very first bittersweet moment was that i didn't practice with these people i never became a quote-unquote family with these people mm-hmm. but when i played on my regular team with black girls white girls skinny girls chunky girls i was the shortest girl <laughs> you know <laughs> we all we were a family we hung out together you know they didn't spend a night at my house my dad didn't do that like i could spend a night with my cousins that's about it but you know, we we grilled together. We would go to the park and we grilled and we ate together. They come to my birthday party. I got invited to theirs, things like that. So to me, as a kid, I only experienced it in settings where my parents were involved, except for when I was in the third grade. And y'all chime in whatever you want to. But when I was in the third grade, it was my first time I ever really, really got a taste of what racism looks like. Mm-hmm. And it was like the saddest thing because it took all of my innocence away for a moment. Yeah. It came back eventually, but like for the moment, it was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> and I'll never forget this little girl. I don't remember her last name, but I do remember her first name was Brittany. 
she was shorter than me. Oh, I so loved it. Because um, I've always been the short girl. Always, always, always been short. My son is almost taller than me at this point, so it tells you how short I am. But the little girl was, and I didn't understand it at the time, but she was raised with racist grandparents. Mm. So I'm not sure where her mom and daddy were in the picture, but I knew she lived with her grandmother. And they had came up from like the mountains somewhere. When we say the mountains, that means it's only white people. <laughs> only white people there. And so she finally encounters black people and she didn't know what to do with herself. And she got into a clique with some white girls that I had been playing sports with, cool with all this time. And I don't know what that little negative bomb of fire did, but she was terrible and she made everybody hate everybody. We literally were now at this point I like kids on one side of the, of the playground. I like kids on the other side of the playground. To the point where I got into my first fight in school and didn't get in trouble for it. But I had had so many altercations with this girl. I think that they finally figured it out that I wasn't the problem. <laughs> but she got beat up a good three times, like two, three times. The last time wasn't really my fault. She got a shiner. Listen, so what had happened was, it was an open-handed slap. I did not punch this girl the first time. <laughs> but when she did learn a lesson after so many times, you know, I had to, to close fist one time. But but it's just sad. I said that to say that, that that is learned, that is taught. And I feel like my generation back, or my generation on, we got to figure out how to weave that out. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some people that they just believe what they believe and that's what they were taught all their lives. But for all the people that are not that way, we've got to do something more. Like you you were saying, you know, you and Jennifer come together with a lot of different things and try to get involved and get other people involved and you can see the tension with that. I mean, we don't talk a whole, whole lot, but when we do, it's like genuine. Like we, we actually like we met at the Women of Color Expo, which is how I ended up at the radio station yeah. promoting foster care, looking for minority foster parents. You know, I was there. I was there too. Yeah, I think I remember seeing uh-huh. you. But her, her booth was right across from where I was doing the presentation that nobody was interested in because foster care is hard. That's not it. true. I actually saw that presentation. <clears throat> I wasn't fostering nobody. I just came over with the camera. <laughs> but that's how we met. And like ever since then, we just connected and we kind of tried different avenues. And so, but like we don't talk all the time. Yeah. But when we do, it's like genuine. Like we talked last week yeah. for like an hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I think I think it boils down to maturity, maturity, and and people who look like me and look like Jennifer and Aubrey and Lisa. Lisa I need something, Jay. I'm sorry. I got your card in my office because I, I tried to send you some stuff for the women of color and the Cowboys of color, but your email's not on there. I don't think. Anyway, um, but I think it, I think it it boils down to people like us in like our 30s and 40s coming together and and stop defining it as black and white and you know what we're people yeah and right. let's, let's get our babies together and have play dates and yeah. have honest conversation without getting pissed off you know what we gotta understand like... each other before we can move forward that's yes. very true that's that so for me, very true that's not, I, I think yeah. for me um you know my story was completely opposite of yours you know i had that culture shock you know moving here to oklahoma but I'm very intentional with my son when it comes to meeting new people. Mm-hmm. You know, I will expose him to different things, different places. And when he's out, 
You know, if he's playing with someone, whether he's white, black, Mexican, it doesn't matter. I'm like, hey, did you get their name? Go up to him and shake his hand. Hey, my name is Brayden. You know, where yeah. do you go to school? Or whatever. He, so like, he don't need no that. direction. He just be. <laughs> 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 like, Why you don't have kids? So it's just like, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really intentional with making sure that he's exposed to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I instill in him every day. Dude, you are a warrior. You have the authority to do what you want to do. You are going to walk this earth, and you're going to do great things. We have we have a um, a prayer that we pray every day, where he says, you know, um, that he's going to do and he's going to change the world according to God's plan. Mm. And so I put that I put that authority in him. Not for the world to make his mind be consumed with fear. Right. Oh, I'm a black man, so I'm gonna have to fear. I'm not. I'm not looking past any of that because I know I will have to have that important conversation with him. Right. But in this moment, I'm letting him know, hey. You are going to change the world. You're going to do great things in this world. God has put you on this earth to walk this earth to do great things. You're going to change other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I say those things to him for him to know that he's going to make a difference. And whether it's going to be, you know, you're going to you're going to face those hard things where people don't like you because of the color of your skin. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know who you are. Absolutely. You know who you are is Brayden Alexander Brown. And you're not going to be worried about, oh, well, she don't like me because I'm not, I'm not white. Or she don't like me because I'm black. Or whatever the case may be. He's going to know who he is as an individual. And so, <coughs> even with me, I'm, I've worked retail for so long. So, you know, I meet new people all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it's nothing to me to, you know, walk up to Sarah or walk up to someone. Hey, how are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. I that's just in me. That's... Uh, just, just do it naturally and so I you know he sees that mm-hmm. um, but then he when he first started talking to people I had to tell him like you can't talk to strangers all the time because he would just talk <laughs> okay, to everybody so it's not just Walmart. my kid then I oh, thought I had a problem he took a conversation with this lady in Walmart one day in the, in the alley like yes. <laughs> he <laughs> talks <laughs> No, he just he just strikes up a conversation with people like we were in Walmart one day and this lady had cheese balls in her basket and he was like, "Do you have kids?" And Aww. she was like, "Oh, right." Yes. Like, because I have some cheese balls like that at home, and she just literally just started talking to him and they're engaged in conversation about her grandkids. And so it's it's those type of things, you know, a little white lady, you know. My, at the time, I think he was like five, and he went to Devon Brown, so he had the little tie on and mm-hmm. the little yellow shirt. And <laughs> everyone always said, you look so handsome. So he's able to communicate, mm-hmm. and I'm just helping him communicate on a level with everyone. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like he, he communicates to, well with older people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get through to everybody, but as long as you know that you've done your part, mm-hmm. you're okay. And and that's that's where I'm at with him right now. So, that is good because so. you're an awesome mom. Yes, you're all awesome moms. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it comes down to like I I feel like I have been in a very unique situation in the places that life has taken me and dif- within different communities. I mean, look at where I work. I get invited to things like P-Win, and I'm like one of two white people in the whole room. No. Which is like awesome. Like, I love that. That just means you are of the elite. You are invited to the cookout. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just not mixed with alcohol, but I make a fool of myself. 
Oh my, I'm just do kidding. we want to discuss the first time I met you, ma'am? <laughs> you don't recall? Let me remind you. Let me refresh your sober oh, mind. Can we do this off of the recording? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. No, wait, wait, wait. Christmas party. Okay. Christmas party. Yeah, yes. that was. Everybody was late. Great. I was late, so I wasn't there. <clears> that was people with a chip off the shoulder. Um. You know what? Moving on. No, no, but I mean, I think it's because I am comfortable in situations, and mm-hmm. when I come into a new environment where people don't know me and don't know, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. If I, you know, never mind. Without telling no, the whole story. I think you know what. You know what? We're not going to talk about it. But yeah. what I will say is that I appreciate your comfort. Yeah. Because your comfort doesn't make me uncomfortable. Right. Because it's like I don't have to go out of the way to make you comfortable because you're already comfortable. Right. Because and, and it should be that way in all settings, but there are some times I feel like and I can even say this for myself. Well, I can't say it for myself. I'm not that person. I I I'm not I talk to everybody. I mean Sarah. I talk to everybody. Um, but you know, I have seen, I've witnessed where even even just same race, you know, especially with women. Oh, we gotta talk about it. Why we can't just be like all in loving and embracing to people, which is what I love about Lisa J. Let me just say that because when I first met her, it literally was an Instagram conversation. <laughs> literally, <laughs> like I asked her to do my podcast and had never talked to her ever. I never heard her voice. Didn't know what she sounded like. I knew what she looked like from Instagram. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her name because it wasn't Lisa J. Then right. it was. Roxy uh, and jeans. So that's and that's still what's saved in my phone to this day. But I'm just like, well, it's not. It's Lisa J. But then your text messages come mm-hmm. up as Roxy and jeans. So I literally, when we were sitting there talking, I was like, so is it Roxy and jeans? And she was like, no, it's Lisa J. And then I was like, okay, cool. So we start so talking. Like, <laughs> like Lisa J. Is great. Yes, Lisa J. Now how do we spell that? Okay, great. So we're gonna start this and. And from that moment, anytime I reached out to her and asked her, hey, you want to do a podcast with me? Sure, I'm designing for this and we're going to be talking about this. Okay, let's get your models in here so we can talk about it. You know, and if I just hit her up on some, hey, I, I don't have your address. I need the web address. What's up? And then she's like, I, I, okay, I support it. My email address is in there. You know, you need to need a brand ambassador let your girl no you know like and and we find ourselves which is funny we find ourselves in the same settings yeah not knowing we're in that circle Mm -hmm. until we get to where we're going and it's like (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's 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 one of those things where i feel like we as the people that are the loving embracing crazy sometimes acting people we have to set the standard like you said, from that, you know, 30-something, 40-something. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be hard mm-hmm. to get some people on that board. But, so I just had this, I don't know why this is my heart to talk about, but the other day I came through a Facebook post that said, okay, black people. Oh, no. <laughs> it started out wrong. <laughs> that was good because, like, a lot of the feedback was, like, you know, uh, was black people ask white people all of the questions that you've been wanting to know. Okay? But it was actually good because, like, people, I guess, like me, were very open and honest and non-confrontational about the crazy questions that came out of it. And one of them that stuck with me, and I think it's because I'm with beautiful black women right now. Oh, thank you. I don't know how I don't I don't know how to respond to this because it was like, why are white women all into the issues that black women face when they have no idea what we face? So I, I kind of feel like 
I need Which more other details. Which way I go, I'm screwed. Because if I if I don't if I sit back and do nothing and try not to understand, then I just don't care. But if I try to get involved and try to build that bridge and try to connect us as women, not a black woman or a white woman, but to connect us as women, then I'm offending somebody somehow. Okay. So where does that balance, ladies? So I will say this. And I can't speak for whatever those issues are because I'm not exactly sure what they were talking about. I wasn't either, but that's I just feel like, like the, right. the broad question. I, I feel like somebody like, should have asked, hey, can you give me some more feedback? Give me an example. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But what I'll I mean, say is... No how it answered, I was going to get some backlash. So I just let it go. I work around a lot of white women. And so the conversation is always here. Because I'm natural, but, you know, I love a wig. I love a good extension. Um, A braid or three, you know. And so I, um, you know, we have this conversation, especially when I wear my hair natural and it's like in its fro or curly or whatever. And so, you know, people go, oh, my God, I love your hair. And then they they want to reach. And I'm like, ah, don't touch your hands, Susie. You know, (laughs) but there are some people that I'm comfortable, like, it's, a, it's one of our baristas. Her name is Karen. I call her Karen the pink barista. She always got pink hair. I let her touch my hair because I know she is a germaphobe. But she is just so fascinated with, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. Why do you wear extensions? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So if it was a question like hair, you know, like why do you wear your hair this way when you have hair this it's an easy response for me. I, I don't think take it personal when people ask. Her leg and not look side, get look sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, for me, it, it is a change up. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a lot more easy maintenance for me. Like throwing on the hat. But I, you know, people go, oh my God, are you ashamed of your hair? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. When this weather come on and come on in, can we get some real sun and some real heat? I will be washing go almost every day. But, but you know, as quote-unquote Aubrey Shine, I have to have a distinct look. So people actually recognize who the heck I am sometimes, uh, especially doing radio stuff and mm-hmm. concerts and stuff coming up. But right. when I go back into Aubrey that sits at home and don't do nothing but watch Netflix on Sunday, <laughs> like... I can wear my hair however I want to. Right. So I get into conversations about hair all the time. And it doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me is when somebody just puts their hands in my hair. And they don't ask. Mm-hmm. Even if it's my weed. Like, don't do, don't pull it. Don't, because then I'm ready to punch you. And then right. I'm going to get That's for trouble. anybody, though. Not right. just one. I don't yeah. care who it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it, you if you're not my man, your hands don't need to be in my <laughs> head. Mm-hmm. So do you think that was... More so about like relationship, religion. I, I want to say that there was something about oppression somewhere along the thread. Because you know what always goes six ways from sideways. I think whoever created this needed to come up with some details. Yeah. yeah, but I was just like, I feel like being in a unique situation where I can be, where I am able to connect people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Regardless of color, race, religion, sexual orientation. But I feel like no matter what I do. I'm gonna get crucified either way. Well, the people yeah. that know you will not crucify you. The thing is, this, this, and, and I'm, I had to learn this, and it took a long time. Um, the people that know you, mm-hmm. like I'm, I've never been to your house, but I know that you don't have ill intent. No, mm-hmm. I know that if you're asking me a question, and if it's about blackness, that you're not coming from a place of 
well, why you gotta do, you know, even if you playing with me and you rolling your neck and stuff, we, we have a relationship. Right. But if you, if it's some random person and it is not coming, you can tell. You know when those questions right. are coming and they're not coming from a good place. Right. Mm-hmm. It, let's roll reverse. If, if I'm coming to you and I say, why you gotta wash your hair every day all day? No, I don't no, 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 You gotta go back with, why do you smell like dog when you're wet? Because that's why <laughs> <laughs> people smell like dogs when they're wet. I, I like, we do. I, well, I'm saying that about sweaty children. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's what my, my country, yeah, my on, country sorry. family members used to say that y'all smell like wet dog. Go take a shower because we'd be right. outside playing all day. We sweating and been in right. the water holes Stinky and acting stinky kids. So, I, go ahead. I'm so sorry. that wouldn't have been a one that I would ask. But, <laughs> but let's just say hypothetically that was okay. something I'd ask. I would hope, A, I didn't word it in a way that it came off wrong. Right. But because you know me well enough, you know, <clears throat> prime example, K-Dog. Mm-hmm. Shout out to K-Dog. Hey. She sends me text messages during payroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and says, did you work these hours or whatever, whatever. And she'll say something that she then has to follow up and say, I hope that didn't come out wrong. Right. And I don't even take it personal. I never took it personal. And I always go, girl, be... You like, good, you like you yourself. Like I'm not. And she was like, well, I just want to make sure because I have to. And I don't know if she's had an encounter with somebody else, maybe one of the other personalities, or or somebody else she's dealt with in her life that you know she said something and she had to retract real quick because mm-hmm. she didn't know how to was gonna take it. But I'm like, if you're your genuine self with me, right? Whether you're trying to be mean <clears throat> or you're being loving, whatever your genuine self is, I'd rather see that. Then to get a facade every day, and then the one day you come up with your real self, and it's something that I ain't really like. Oh, you know, it's like that relationship. He's been great for a whole year, and then a year, you know, and two true days come out. out. True colors come out. He whoop your butt. Wait a minute. Where did this come from? You know, do you, do you guys remember the um, <coughs> or know about the verse in the Bible? Go ahead. Not, not you take really about to preach, but she's been preaching the whole time. Come on, come on, y'all. In real Deaconess. life, real life, Lisa J is deep. Like I be, yeah, she is. I, in real she's life, a poet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super. So I always have to bring it down, and so people won't get lost. But anyway, so the 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 story in the Bible where they talk about Moses with the staff. Mm-hmm. He has to hold up the staff and in order i think there was like a war or something that was going on i'm not sure but he had to keep the staff up and so he had um a man that held his arm up mm-hmm. so that you know the staff would know ball. right right mm-hmm. so when it comes to like what you just said the they asked about you know why are women so white women so i think if i'm I'm just going to be positive or just kind of jump in and assume if they're talking about oppression. What they are really saying is, can you be the person that holds my arms Mm -hmm. while Mm -hmm. we try to fix these issues instead of saying you have the answers? I don't know, but I, I remember watching a video on Facebook. I don't know how real it was, but there was this black kid that went into a courtroom and he was talking to the judge. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He was talking to the judge. He was very passionate. I wouldn't say angry, but probably you came across his anger. Mm-hmm. And so the courtroom um, security guards started going at him, but he had this army 
like four people that were not African American mm -hmm. that were surrounding him, so they couldn't touch him. Right, and, and so let him get his words out. And yeah. so he could express to the court what his concern was in that case. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so the security guards were trying to get, get him to down him. physically, all like hurt him, mm -hmm. but they would not touch anybody around him. The, the Asian woman, the white guy, mm -hmm. they weren't attacking.